is it is talking basically about presentation of financial statements. So the key question we ask ourselves is, what are the purpose of the financial statements? What are the purpose of general purpose financial statement? So let's give, let's get deeper into that. The objective of general purpose financial statements are to provide information about the financial position, the financial performance, and cash flows of an entity that is useful to a wide range of users in making and evaluating decisions about allocating resources. So three things very important. The objective of any general purpose financial statement is to provide information about what? An entity's financial performance, financial position, as well as its cash flows. Very, very important. Financial performance tells us your profitability. Your financial position tells us your assets, your liability, whether you can continue as a going concern, concern. Then your cash flow tells us about how much money came in and how much money actually went out during the year under consideration. But let's narrow down these objectives into a couple of uh, things. So specifically, the objective of general purpose financial reporting in the public sector should be to provide information useful for decision making and to demonstrate the accountability of entities for the resources entrusted to them by one, providing information about the resources, allocation and use of financial resources. So to enhance government's accountability, government is expected to present the, uh, information about the financial statement. And one of the information they present is the resources. Now when we say resources here, we're talking about like, both financial and non-financial resources. So we're looking at the sources where they got the money from, so sources of revenue to the government, and we'll get into this later on, under uh, uh, IAS 18, which is uh, the opposite of IFRS, sorry, IFSAS 9, we'll get into this later on. But what are the sources of revenue for governments? How were the revenue allocated? And how were the revenue used? Very, very important. So for instance, the total national revenue, about minimum of 5% every year, must be taken to the local government or the local authority. And so how is that done? How was that allocated. Then after the allocation, what were they used for? We must provide information about that in the general purpose financial statement too. Providing information about how the entity financed its activities and met its cash requirement. So how did they finance the activities of the uh, organization? Maybe they went for some loans, maybe the uh, uh, donor community came to do some of that, undertake some of the activities for them, they must disclose all that. Three. Providing information that is useful in evaluating the entity's ability to finance its activities and to meet its liabilities and commitments. Four, providing information about the financial condition of the entity and changes in it. And then five, providing aggregate information useful in evaluating the entity's performance in terms of service cost, efficiency, and accomplishment. And we have other things also in relation to that. Now, to meet these objectives, 
The financial statement provides information of an entity about a couple of things that we've already mentioned. So, elements of the financial statement. About one, the assets, the liabilities, I've listed these down already. The assets, the liability, the net assets or equity, the revenue, the expenses, other changes in net assets. This is like statement of changes in equity and then the cash flows. Okay, so these are the seven key uh, information that will be provided in the general purpose financial statement of uh, an entity. But the key question we need to ask ourselves is, okay, who prepares the financial statements? So responsibility for financial statements. Whose responsibility is it to prepare the financial statements? Now, in Ghana here, in public sector organizations, financial statements are prepared by each MD, MDA, Ministry Department and Agencies, and then MMDAs, Metropolitan Municipal District Assemblies. So each ministry, department, agency, each Metropolitan Municipal District Assembly is required to prepare annual reports at the end of the year. Now these reports are then sent and then the Controller Accountant General with the Minister of Finance is also required to prepare the national accounts for the state. So responsibility for financial statements preparation. Who prepares it? The responsibility for the preparation lies on what? The government, okay, the consolidated fund, uh, final account lies on the government through the chief accountant, that is the controller accountant general, with the minister of finance. So, what are the components of the financial statement? We look at the elements. These are the elements, okay, assets, liability, equity, uh, cash flows, uh, changes in equity, okay. Uh, uh, we've spoken about, but what are the components? When we say the financial statement, what are the components of the financial statement? And you know those already. So what? A complete set of financial statements shall comprise the following. One, statement of financial performance. That's another income statement, another comprehensive income. Two, statement of financial position. That's like a balance sheet, you know, previously. Three, statement of changes in equity. And you know that already. Four, the cash flow statement. Five, com uh, uh, a comparison financial statement. Let me read this again. Five, when the entity makes publicly available its approved budget, a comparison of budget and actual amounts, either as a separate additional financial information or as a budget column in the financial statement. What does that mean? It means that a, state, uh, a variant statement, that is, you bring your budget, you have your original budget there, we're going to have a revised budget, this is like a um, flexed budget, okay? Now, why do we have an original budget and revised budget? Because uh, originally, the organization may say they want to spend this money, they want to raise this money, but in the middle of the year, you know this already, the Minister of Finance goes to the Parliament and says, we cannot meet our thing, we cannot meet our revenue, so for that reason, let's revise this expenditure, let's revise this income, we need more of this for one district, one country, we need more of this for free SHS, we need more of this. So we're going to have the original budget, we're going to have the revised budget, then we're going to have the actual. 
Okay? The actual results. Our objective is to compare the revised budget against the actual results. Now, this is very important. It could be a requirement that the examiner will require you to do. So once you compare your revised budget with the actual budget, that leads you towards a variance. So in addition to preparing the statement of financial performance, statement of financial position, statement of changes in equity, the cash flow statement, you have to prepare this various statement where you compare your revised budget and your actual results in order to reach your variance. And then the third thing is to talk about notes. Notes comprising a summary of significant accounting policy and other explanation notes. So you have to include them in relation to the various accounting policies, various accounting standards, various treatments. That's the general notes that you know already from your financial reporting class in relation to that. But when government is preparing and presenting these financial statements, there must be a couple of considerations that they make. So let's look at fair presentation and compliance with EPSAS. Fair presentation and compliance with EPSAS. Now, the standard states that financial statements shall be present or financial statements shall present fairly the financial performance, the financial position, and cash flows of an entity. That's very important. Fair presentation requires the faithful representation of the effect of transaction, other events and conditions in accordance with the definitions and recognition criteria for assets, liability, revenue and expenses set out in the EPSAS. So for fair presentation, you must ensure that anything you are including in the financial statement as being an asset, a liability, a revenue, uh, uh, a revenue, or an income, it has to meet the recognition criteria set out in all the EPSAs. That is what, how we enhance what? Fair, uh, fair presentation. Then the standard also says that an entity whose financial statement complies with EPSAs shall make an explicit and unreserved statement of such compliance in the notes. Financial statements shall not be described as compliant with EPSAs unless they comply with all the requirements of EPSAS. So once you are using EPSAS to present the financial statement in the notes, which is one of the uh, components of the financial statement, you must disclose that the above financial statements were prepared and presented under the International Public Sector Accounting Standards, EPSAS. You must state that categorically on the face of the notes. Very, very important. Now, in virtually all circumstances, fair, a fair presentation is achieved by compliance with applicable standards, like I've said already. So if you want to achieve fair presentation, it means you are complying with all the applicable standards. So when we say fair value presentation, in a nutshell, what does that mean? A fair value presentation requires an entity to Select and apply accounting policy in accordance with EPSAS 3, that is accounting policy, changes in accounting estimates and errors. Two, to prevent information including accounting policy in a map, to present information including accounting policies in a manner that provides relevant, reliable, comparable and understanding information. 
And then three, to provide additional disclosure when compliance with specific requirements in EPSAS is insufficient. So to tell us that as a public sector organization, they have applied the EPSAS, number one, they must tell us, select and apply some of the accounting concepts in, in accordance with EPSAS 3. Number two, they must present the information including accounting policy by providing what? Relevant and reliable information. And then three, any other information that will be suitable, that will make it easy, that will make it well understandable, uh, that is the financial statement will be well understandable, which the EPSAS does not provide or that is insufficient, in the judgment of the preparers of financial statement, they must provide such information to the users of the financial statements. Then, one of the things that we need to also talk about when we are dealing with EPSAS 1 in relation to presentation of financial statements, let me sip some water, my throat is getting dry. In relation to the uh, presentation of financial statements, is going concern. You know that preparation and presentation of financial statements is highly affected by the going concern of an organization. Now, you know going concern already uh, as uh, an entity's ability to operate into the foreseeable future. So when we are presenting financial statements, the preparers of financial statements must assess the ability of the entity to continue as a going concern. If the entity can continue as a going concern, then the financial statement will be presented on a going concern basis. But if the entity cannot continue as a going concern, then the financial statement must be prepared on a breakup or a disclosure or a dissolve basis. So these are the key issues that you must understand about EPSAS 1. Now you will see in your ebook that I have included a pro forma of the various financial statements. So the first one you see there, and we're gonna uh, project that as well on, your, on the right side of your screen so you can see that with me there. So uh, statement of financial performance, you can see we have revenue, we have expenditure, okay? So with the statement of financial performance, our key objective is to assess whether we are going to, unlike uh, private sector where we are looking at profit or loss, in the public sector, we are interested in surplus or deficits, okay? So we are interested in surplus or deficits. So in a simple language, if our revenue is greater than our expenses, that means we have a surplus. And that's a good news for us because that will increase the net assets of the uh, entity. But if our revenue is less than the expenses, that really that means we have what? A deficit. And when we have a deficit, that decreases the net assets of the organization. So under the revenue, there are a lot of things there. We have tax revenue, we have non-tax revenue, we have grants, we have transfers, we have other revenues in relation to that. The list is tall there. And the expenses, expenses are categorized under certain headings. And it's very important for you to understand how categorization of expenses occur here based on the government's harmonized chart uh, of accounts. So we have uh, tax revenues, we have non-tax revenue, then we have other revenue, okay? 
The tax revenue is divided into direct tax and indirect tax. The non-tax revenue, we can talk about grants. Usually sometimes grants is brought on the face of the financial statement like that. Other non-tax revenue, we can talk about fees, fines, okay? Those ones, okay? Fees, fines, those ones. For expenses, compensation to employees, very critical, very critical. Um, issues about goods and services, that is administration, it's supposed to be there. Uh, grant payment to other uh, sub-organizations or other sub-public sector organizations. Now remember, when you're preparing a financial statement, grants are treated in two ways. Okay? You have to be careful. When we are dealing with a central government, that is a consolidated fund, uh, grants that the government receives, it's part of the revenue. Okay? It's part of the revenue that the government receives. But from the consolidated fund, it is required that the government makes statutory transfer to the local authority in the, in the name of the district assembly common fund. And that is what I mentioned that it is required that the government pays a minimum of 5% of the total national revenue to the district, the local government, for uh, their various activities during the fiscal year under consideration. So that is grants payments, and that will be classified as what? And expenses. But the grants that the government receives from the uh, donor communities, IMF, China, USA, Canada, Danida, whatever, whatever grants they receive, that is an income for them. That is when we are dealing with a consolidated fund. But when it comes to the various entities, like a ministry, like a department, like an agency, grants that government pays from the consolidated fund is an expenses of the consolidated fund. But when we come to a local government or we come to a ministry that is receiving that grant, it becomes part of their revenue or their income. I hope you're getting the difference. So you've got to be careful. If you're preparing the final account for a ministry, a department, then grants that they are receiving will be an income for them. And also that ministry, whatever grant they are paying to another institution becomes an expense. So you've got to be careful about the treatment of grants. Definitely, we're going to be a part of the expenses. We're going to be talking about public interest. Very, very important. Did I say public interest? Can you imagine what I just said? Public debt interest. Public debt interest. Very, very important. So, interest that the government. This is a statutory payment. Okay. This is a statutory payment. This one, uh, there are the, all the expenses are divided into two. We have statutory payments and then non-statutory payments. The statutory payments are the payment that does not require parliamentary approval. Okay, we don't take it to parliament to debate about it. You, you gotta pay for it. For instance, interest. You know the way the government is borrowing like that. If government is paying interest, it doesn't go to parliament. Should we pay or we shouldn't pay? No, you gotta pay because you are owing, dude. You gotta pay. So public debt interest is statutory payments that we make. Then the district assembly common fund also is a statutory payment. Only that the constitution say a minimum of five percent of the total national revenue. So a minimum of five percent. So sometimes the uh, city government can say, okay, let's take it to nine percent. Let's take it to 7.5%. Let's take it to 15%. So whatever judgment, depending on how the government wants to want to develop the local authority, want to develop the local government, want to decentralize its policies, it will decide by a minimum of 5% of the uh, 
total national revenue is the payments that is made, and that is also part of a statutory payment in relation to that. Then we come to issues about, uh, like I mentioned, wages and salaries, uh, depreciation, uh, social benefits, okay? Social benefits. This has to do with uh, issues such as uh, the school feeding program, it's a social benefit. Free SHS could be part of social benefits. Uh, construction of roads, hospitals could be part of social benefits. Uh, when there is a disaster and the government uh, gives some money to NADMO to buy relief uh, materials for the uh, victims, it will be part of social benefits. So that is also another key expenditure that you need to talk about in relation to that. So that is basically what we do for the statement of uh, financial performance, which tells us about the surplus or deficit. If it is a surplus, it increases our net asset or equity. If it's a deficit, it decreases our net asset or deficit. If our revenue is more than expenses, it's a surplus. If our revenue is less than expenses, that is a deficit in relation to that. Then the second thing that you could see on your screen, being on your screen there, is the statement of financial position. Right? Statement of financial position. So in a statement of financial position, we're going to have assets. Now remember, we are using the accrual basis. That is why you heard me talking about depreciation when I was talking about expenses. So under assets, we're going to first have the current assets. And cash and cash equivalents will be there, receivables will be there, inventories will be there, prepayment of expenses will be there, short-term investment, all these are part of the current assets. Non-current assets, we have long-term investment, infrastructure, property, plants, and equipment. This is the carrying value, that is the cost minus any capital depreciation or capital consumption, the net book value, infrastructure, plants, and equipment, all those are brought here. Uh, receivables, long-term receivables, other financial assets, land and building, intangible assets, other non-financial assets, we get a total asset. Then we come to liabilities. Under liabilities also, you know, we categorize that into two. We have current liability, non-current liability, and you can see the list uh, there in relation to that. The difference between the asset and liability gives us the net asset. Then we bring the equity and uh, Equity has to do with the capital contribution, then accumulated fund, which is prepared after we prepare the financial performance. So that is the idea about a statement of financial performance and a statement of financial uh, position. But most importantly, one of the things that will make uh, a presentation of financial statement difficult for you is the key workings that you need to uh, perform or you need to undertake in relation to that. So as you can see, the next thing there is workings. And I've given you a list of uh, some of the generally uh, 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 identified items that will be presented to when we are preparing any final account for the government. So that under direct tax, you can see the under indirect tax, you see the component there. Non-tax revenue, you see the compensation to employees goods and services, public debt, subsidies, uh, grants, um, non-financial assets, domestic debt, accumulated fund, payables, like you see all of those things there. So these are the uh, key things about that in relation to that. So that's about a statement of financial performance, a statement of financial position. Then the next one is the cash flow statement. You know cash flow statement is 
EPSAS 2. So I'll be talking about that in details in EPSAS 2. But let me talk about the uh, proforma here. You can see uh, we've presented a proforma there. We have the receipts, we have the payment. Now, cash flow in public sector is a bit different, even though we're going to do uh, uh, operating activities, uh, investing activities, and financing activity. It's going to take a different form uh, from what we know in the private sector a little bit. Uh, the cash flow statement in the public sector is just like the statement of financial performance. You're going to bring all your receipts, uh, uh, revenue, and all your expenditure. Cash. Cash. What you've paid and what you've not, uh, only what you've uh, received and what you've paid because you are dealing with cash basis. In the statement of financial performance, you will bring both what you have received and what you have not received because you are dealing with the accrual basis. But I'm not a cash flow statement, you only deal with the cash that you have actually received and the cash that you have actually paid during the year. And you see the pro forma there from the financing activity, uh, operating activity, uh, uh, and then investing activities there in relation to that. So these are the things that you have to understand about EPSAS 1, presentation of financial statement. The key takeaway here has to do with uh, the factors that we consider in relation to the preparation of financial statement, the going concern status of the company, uh, the objective of the financial statement, the various elements of the financial statement, the various sets of components of the financial statement, and then the various pro forma. Because the pro forma are what you are going to be using when you are actually preparing the financial statement. And you know that definitely the examiner is going to be asking you some questions about that. So this is what you have to understand about IPSAS 1. And we'll continue in the next video with IPSAS 2. That will be cash flow statement, and that is also based on IAS. Sorry.